Hey guys, welcome again to Parenting Today. Uh, in this episode, we're going to continue our discussion about the importance of Bible reading and uh, an often neglected practice uh, that has real ramifications uh, for the Christian life, for you and for your student. Uh, before we get into it, just want to remind you about RYM Student Podcast and also uh, the local youth worker, but especially about RYM's new album. Um, Joe Deegan is about to play us into the podcast, and you can check out on Spotify, iTunes, wherever you get your music. You can find RYM's worship album, Promised Land. So be sure and check that out. And here is uh, Joe to take us into the podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Parenting Today. On Tuesday, we talked about Bible reading and the challenges of it. So I'd encourage you to go back to that. Uh, I mean, it was encouraging for me just to be reminded of the power of Scripture, uh, the blessing and treasure that Scripture is, and then also to be reminded of of the challenges to know that it's not just something I struggle with, but uh, we all struggle as Christians. And so I'd encourage you to go back to uh, to hear that. And um, also today we'll probably get into some of that, but then uh, talking about uh, how we can be encouraging ourselves to be reading the word as well as our children uh, to be reading the word uh, is what we're going to be uh, focused on today. Kurt, it's good to be back with you. Good to be here. I do. I've got a question before we get uh, Mm -hmm. into today. Are Are you good? I think I'm ready. Okay. You're laughing already. Um, Kurt, did you hear about the man who invented the knock-knock joke? Mm, uh, this is, I can already tell this is going to go really poorly, but yeah, no, I haven't heard about it, John. Go go for it. He won the Nobel Prize. That silence is me judging you. That's what that is. I was wondering how long it would go, and I, it was appropriate for sure. <laughs> And I did, yeah. I'm just going to give a shout out here. Uh, Billy Meenan, who's a pastor at mm-hmm. Highlands Prez in Ridgeland, Mississippi. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not sure if he listens to this or not, but we'll find out. Um, he got a dad joke calendar. And mm. uh, anyway, he's sharing some of these. And yeah, I just thought I had to pass that on. Well, if we're giving away dad jokes, I'll give one too. Why not? Um, hey, John, how many apples grow on a tree? All of them? All of them. That's yes. right. All of them. Yeah. yeah <laughs> what does that good. say about me that I, I just guessed that? <laughs> well, you just know it's a dad joke, you know, but your kids are not going to know that. They're going to be like, ah, oh, come on, dad. <laughs> so, you know, that's... Which, how, how, that's, come, how come there aren't mom jokes? Are, are moms, do they have a better sense of humor than dads? They're too tired. Because um, <laughs> they're, they're doing everything. Yeah. It was, Yeah. They, they're too tired. Um, they're like a they're like a bicycle, John. They're too tired. So, oh, um, wow. <laughs> <laughs> I know if we could be looking at the stats of this podcast, just the unsubscribes are just going <laughs> through the roof. Um, yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll stop. <laughs> um, All right. We were talking about, we are continuing the conversation about the scriptures. And last week we talked about um, last week we talked about the creational good of the scriptures and we talked about the why it's good to read the Bible because God tells us to and also because of the benefits that we receive from being uh, steeped in God's word and then 
we talked about why it's hard to read the Bible. It's difficult to. We admitted that it's not easy. It's um, and there are plenty of options, easier options. Just like there's, it's not easy to necessarily eat broccoli. It's a lot easier to eat cupcakes, um, even though broccoli is much better for you. So, um, in the same way, there are a lot of options for scripture um, instead of scripture that we could do. Uh, we could spend our time engaged in between sports, Netflix, you know, exercise, media of all kinds, gossip, you know, uh, you know, whatever it is, we could spend our time doing all these other things. But the scriptures are the best thing for us. Um, and that is where the words of life are hidden. So um, we talked about that this time. I think we're going to talk about pr- a little bit how to practically apply what we the importance of God's word, especially when it relates to how we take God's words to our children. John, you were talking about in last episode how, uh, you know, when your children ask you questions, how important it is uh, to throw it back to the scriptures so they see you going back to the scriptures. Do you have anything else to add to that about like how we take, you know, this principle that the scriptures are the most important thing and apply it to the lives of our, our own lives and then also the lives of our children? Um, not a whole lot, Kurt. I mean, I do think it's important. Um, you know, I think as we, hopefully, as we grow older, it's somewhat reflexive to just answer kind of based on Scripture. I mean, obviously we know our worldview permeates absolutely everything, that there's no way to separate, I mean, for the Christian, to think independently of Scripture, that if anything's true in all of creation, it's ultimately because God's Word says it's true. But I think, kind of getting to what you were uh, saying, were you about to interject there? It looked like you no. Were. I was just going to say you can't you can't give what you don't have. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's you know we can't teach our children to be students of the Bible if we're not students of the Bible. Yes. Um, it's impossible to teach them something that we don't know. So Definitely. I think that's where you were headed. Well, mm-hmm. yeah, and, and something I wanted to say is that, and this is very important. Um, we need to explicitly state to our children this is in the Bible. Um, because sometimes I think, you know, Kurt, you and I can have a conversation and we can even reference scripture without even having to state the reference. And I know, okay, that came from Mark, for example, or I know where he's getting that thought from or that truth from. But I think sometimes when we're having conversations with our children or even answering their questions, mm-hmm. we can forget mm-hmm. that they, they're clueless of this and they don't know that this is the source of this truth I'm stating is in the book of Genesis or whatever. And so um, we just need to say, well, look, the Bible says this, the Bible says that. And so, Lord willing, by God's grace, as they grow up, they realize, wow, the Bible has a lot of answers to everyday life. And we're Mm. giving them a good foundation to stand on um, for, you know, them, Lord willing, becoming independent Christians. Not just, you know, we know that we always need community and we're we're never, you know— Autonomous beings, the fa- for sure. They take owner. They take ownership of their faith. Yes, because I mean that's again they're they're going to be leaving our house. I mean if you're doing your job right, we're we're raising them to let them go because I mean we know they ultimately don't belong to us anyway. Um, so yeah, just I guess the the long winded response to that Kurt was we just need to explicitly state to our children, hey, this answer is in the Bible, and this is where I got this mm-hmm. from. Mm-hmm. That's good. All right, well, John, where do we want to take this next? Yeah, um, I guess uh, maybe some some practical things. Uh, you know, I know it's it's always hard uh, to talk about our own Bible reading. Um, mm-hmm. You know, not it's hard from a few different points. I mean, one is 
you know, we're, we're not the experts. Um, we need to first and foremost state, I mean, there are seasons in my life where I have not read the Bible consistently seasons in my life mm-hmm. where I have read it consistently seasons in my life where I loved reading it seasons in my life where it was more of a chore and difficult. Mm-hmm. And so as Kurt and I talk about this, I think that's a, an important prefacing comment that anything we say that's been helpful, um, please know <laughs> we're very aware uh, that we have not arrived in the Christian life and we don't have all the answers um, to this as we've you know said about other things um, before. Uh, but I think that's an important uh, comment that needs to be stated as we maybe share some practical <coughs> advice tips on on what could be helpful so do you think that's where we we need to go right now some practical steps not to like just get totally in the weeds here but also it's complicated specifically because for a long time we both worked in churches where we had to read the bible for um for teaching purposes and it's you know just to be honest it's easy to say okay well i'm reading the bible you know because i'm studying to teach on hebrews so i've done my bible reading for the day but that's different that is different from reading the Bible for your own personal edification and your own personal sanctification. It's not, it's not the same thing. Although certainly I've read things in preparation and been like, Oh man, you know, cause every good sermon is preached to the preacher first and then to the, then to the congregation. But, um, you know, we're talking about how can we, um, how can we set aside time in our lives to read the word? And then also how, like, the, the Bible is big, you know, it's a, it's a big book. It's got a lot of words in it. Um, it's got a lot of pages, the word count is 66 books. Some of them, you know, very long, um, very long books. Some of them, you know, you think about Jeremiah, you think about the Psalms, you think, and some of them difficult for us to understand, especially when you get into those the Old Testament prophets, what, what is like, I think one thing we talk about is like, what is a realistic plan? We don't, you know, you don't, if you're going to work out, if you're going to try to get yourself in shape, you don't just go to the bench press and like put, you know, 345s on each side and be like, you know what, let's go. You know, like that, that that's not going to work. You're going to cave your chest in, like if you can even get the bar up, like that's not, that's not how you do it. You, you got to have a plan to build yourself up so that you succeed, so that failure is not an option. And so I think that's one of the things that we can talk about is like, I'll tell you just in personal experience. Um, my wife was using and is still using uh, this uh, list she got called Reading the Bible um, for Slackers and um, and Shirkers. Uh, it's a, just a little list of scriptures, and it's something to read every day. Um, and it breaks the Bible up so that you're not reading whole books at a time. You're reading like sections from each part of scripture at a time. And um, and she's really found that beneficial. Have you ever are there any plans like that that you know about, John? That are, that really help people to read the Bible. Yeah, I've definitely done um, different plans uh, throughout my life, and I think plans are very important. I mean, th- that's for some people, that's the first struggle. I mean, the first hurdle is, uh, you know, not having a plan, just kind of, oh, well, I'm just going to flip the Bible open and start here, and then mm-hmm. I'm going to flip here yeah. and do that. And I, you know, yeah, I think you've got to have some kind of plan or idea of how you want to, you know, go through Scripture. I mean, I can remember the first time I actually read the Bible um, all the way through, I read a chronological Bible reading plan. Um, mm-hmm. that, you know, takes you through the Bible. It's, you know, doesn't follow the, the way the Bible is, is structured. It, you know, as I just said, follows it chronologically. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, I think plans are important. I mean, just personally speaking, there have been seasons in my life where I read 
multiple chapters or larger sections. Um, but then seasons of life where I read small sections and I, I, that's kind of where I am right now that I'll, I'll just, as of now read one chapter a day. And what mm-hmm. I've done is I'll, I'll read it really slow. I mean, painfully slow and kind of going back and realizing, okay, I kind of got distracted. What was that saying? And, and then going back again to get doing a paragraph, going to the next paragraph, then going back and just again, reading it very slow and then going back to the chapter and reading it again a little more. Yeah. Quickly. And yeah. it's not, it's not about just reading. I mean, like it's, we're not talking about, I talked about plans. I might've jumped ahead there, by the way, ransomfellowship.org is where she got that list. Ransom fellowship.org is where the uh, reading Bible reading guide for shirkers and slackers is. Um, but put that link in the notes. Yeah. Um, I was just going to say, it's not, it's not just about like reading it to get it read. Like it's important that we understand what we're reading um, and asking ourselves the questions. Um, what, what did this mean? Um, what, what is, what is the, um, not to steal from Brian Chapel here, but like, what's the fallen condition focus of, uh, of this? Like, what does this say about my sinful nature? What does it say about me? All right. All right. What does it say about me? And then also, what does it say about God? All right. And what are the ramifications of what it has to say about me and what are the ramifications of what it has to say about God? I think those are some, um, yeah, yeah. that's and, how we want to read. And Kurt, why don't you just briefly, when you referenced Brian Chapel, fallen condition focus, explain that a little bit to our listeners. Oh, Brian Chapel, I can't even remember what book is in. You know, I think. Christ Center Preaching. Know, yeah, Christ Center Preaching is, I'm pretty sure what it's in. But um, he wrote a book called Christ Center Preaching. And he, you know, it's been many years since I've read this book. So I'm just going to say that right now. Um, apologies to him for if I misquote him or um, misparaphrase what I'm about to say. But the, in our sermons that we there needs to be a fallen condition focus. In other words, there need in every sermon there needs to be what uh, we, the, the passage is going to address the fact that we have a fallen condition and, you know, and how Jesus heals that fallen condition. Um, and how he works through us, even though we are fallen. Um, so, uh, you know, every passage of scripture is pointing to Christ. Jesus himself is on record um, as saying that he fulfills, um, he came to fulfill the law, that, that all these things were pointing to him. You know, this is what he did on the road to Emmaus in, uh, in John uh, when he explains to the disciples, he took them through all of the Old Testaments that showed how it was pointing to him. So, Everything is pointing to the Savior that we need and why we need Him. And we need to ask ourselves how this passage is that we're reading today is pointing toward the Savior that we need and why we need Him. So I guess that's that's a pretty poor summary, but there's a summary yeah. of what I was talking about. Yeah, no, Kurt, that's good. And to go back to your point about, you know, you're not just running into the weight room and benching whatever you said, 350 pounds, whatever it was. Um, you don't want to just dive in at first. And so... That's something to think about for those of you who are listening. If you're never in the Bible at all, to start off very slow and very easy. Mm -hmm. Do not set yourself up for failure. I mean, that's kind of practical advice for any habit you're trying to, to instill. And, you know, I would say that would be good advice to pass on to our children. You know, it's not just like, hey, children, okay, you want to start this book? Okay, here's Isaiah. Go ahead and jump on into that and uh, Mm -hmm. plan on reading that. I mean, you'd want to start off with very you know, easy, like I've said before, Mark, and I've even told students, look, if you're not reading the Bible at all, you know, read 
one verse at least and just kind of start, you know, and then maybe two Mm -hmm. verses the next week and then maybe three and then, you know, read little sections. You know, if you're jumping into Mark, don't read all of chapter one the first time. Read just the different sections that are kind of the pericopes as Kurt talks about often. Yeah, one of of his favorite words. A story. Yeah, a pericope or a story in the Bible. So like, you know, if you think about in John chapter, the end of chapter seven, the beginning of chapter eight is when Jesus um, is drawing in the dirt and they bring the woman caught in adultery to him. And that covers, that's not one chapter or even a part of a chapter. And some people wonder if it's actually really part of the Bible, but that's beside the point. The, the, um, the point is, is that that's a pericope. That's a little story within the Bible. So, you know, you think about, just read about, you think about in the gospel of Mark, for instance, you can just read the story of Jesus calming the storm. There's a ton of things in there uh, to take away from that passage, you know, from the fact that the word great is used three times. Um, there's a great storm and a great calm and a great fear, you know, and like, why is it that he, that he uses that word there? Or, you know, like, why does Mark go over and above what's needed literarily to tell us that Jesus was there with them? And, um, you know, why is it important that Jesus is asleep? And then how does this relate to the book of Jonah where a very similar situation happens? So like, so there's a lot of questions to ask, and maybe you can't ask all those questions. Maybe you haven't read the Bible long enough for you to be able to ask all those questions. That's not the important thing. The important thing is that you're just asking yourself, what does this have to say? Even if you came away, if, like even if you just read that pericope and you came away and you were like, Jesus can calm my storm. That's that's I mean, that's very basic, but that is like that's good. Like that's something to take away from here is that, you know, what does it say that Jesus can calm storms? What does it say about him? What does it say about me? What does it say about what's going on in my life? Like these are questions that you can ask without having to be seminary trained. You know, I think a high school student can ask those questions. So or even a junior high student for that matter. So, you know, that when we say pericope, that's what we mean. We're just, just a little section, you know, um, a little section, a little story, you know, the beginning of a story to the end of the story, whatever it is. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And so <clears throat> I don't know if I'm moving us along too quickly to kind of get into some of the uh, tools we can use, Bible tools and, and things like that and, and helpful practices. I mean, so Kurt, so, some of what we said just to kind of um, <clears throat> reiterate, I mean, reading the Bible is vitally important for the Christian. I mean, we should be in the Bible. We must be reading the Bible. Secondly, but at the same time, it's hard. It's difficult. It's a challenge. It's going to be a difficult uh, thing to do and a difficult practice. As Christian parents and youth workers, we must be passing the faith on to the next generation and so encouraging them uh, to be in the Word. Uh, You know, one thing we've said as parents, we need to model this uh, by how we answer questions and be explicit to say, okay, this is, um, you know, I got this answer from Scripture, and and this is our ultimate authority in life. I mean, using that word um, for sure. Uh, And then also trying to start off small. Don't just jump in headfirst into a difficult book of the Bible. I've actually, in conversations with my children, discouraged them from reading some specific books of the Bible. And I know that can sound terrible to some, but I, I would say, you know, this is a very challenging book and I, I don't want them to just, you know, jump into this book and then they just cannot finish it or they're just having too tough of a time and it just discourages them from reading it all. And so I would try to point them to, um, you know, shorter, easier books of the Bible. And so just, I, I mean, to think of the tools that we have available to us now, um, in 2019 is is unbelievable um, to think about just free resources online and uh, I mean just one one thing is we were talking about you know starting off uh, easily I can remember there's an article that just tells you how 
long each book of the Bible is, but then how long it would take you to read it um, by just kind of the average pace of reading. And so on the Gospel Coalition, I'd found this article elsewhere, but I guess they've put this out as well. How long does it really take to read the Bible is the, the title of the article at the Gospel Coalition on November 18th. Kurt, I think you're already looking it up. What's the shortest book of the Bible? Just to quiz you. Is it? Wait. I know I'm, I'm putting it's, you on the spot, but, but the, is it? Well, I know. Is it Third John or is it Jude? It, you got it right the first time. It's Third John. So, Third John. Okay. So this article lays it out. I mean, shortest. that's not what I was looking up. By the way, I was looking up the name of a book that I want to <laughs> reference. But um, so, so yeah, yeah. I mean, Third John is the shortest, and then I'm just reading a few. Second John after that, and then Philemon, Obadiah, yeah. Jude. So Jude mm-hmm. is fifth on the list. Is that what it said? One, two, three, four, five. Yeah. yeah. And so Third John has 219 words. Jude, for the record, has 461. So if you just kind of base the average, you know, reader's speed of 100 words per minute, uh, you could finish Third John in 2.2 minutes. Um, Jude, 4.6 minutes. Um, so just don't thinking. race by the way don't don't yeah. um don't, don't <laughs> be like, gonna beat that time yes <laughs> this is my my high score on jude um but you know i mean that that kind <laughs> of you a whole minute to read jude <laughs> what kind of bible pathetic. reader are you um but, but as, as, as christians i mean thinking about as parents to say look you can read i mean trying to get your kids excited look you could finish in you know entire books of the bible you've got five here under five minutes um, and so when you have teenagers saying, I'm too busy to read the Bible, or even adults saying, I'm too busy to read the Bible, you know, um, if if you don't have that much time to, to spare, I mean, we need to obviously uh, be loosening up our schedules in, uh, in other ways to, to get there. But there are several books of the Bible that you can read um, fairly quickly. I mean, Genesis, actually, okay, Kurt, sorry, I'm putting you on the spot twice. What's the longest book of the Bible? Hmm. Word-wise? Um, yes. I mean, it's got to be Psalms, right? No, that's what a lot of people think, because there's 150 well, Psalms. I was going to say the type the typeset for mm-hmm. Psalms makes it the thickest book. Like, pay, I bet it's the most pages. But if I had to guess word-wise, man, I would have to – I mean, Jeremiah and Isaiah are long. It's got to It's got to be one of those. It's, so. Jer- it's Jeremiah. Yeah, okay. Um, yes, yeah, so, so Jeremiah has 33,002 words. So it takes wow. you 330 minutes, which that sounds like a long time. Actually, I mean, if you think about it in one sitting, that's not ridiculous. I would never advise. <laughs> I, I should it's, have a minute, it's a minute a day for a year. Yeah, yeah. And so, one minute. And so uh, Jeremiah and then Genesis is the next, and Psalms, Ezekiel, Exodus, and then Isaiah. Okay. Um, 256 minutes to read the whole book of Isaiah. Um, but to, just to kind of, you know, sometimes our all of our minds work differently. To think of it in those terms is really helpful for some people. You know, mm-hmm. maybe the hyper-schedulers as well. Um, to just think of, okay, well, I can plan, you know, this amount of time or, or whatever. Um, I just think that can that can be helpful to think of it in, in different, different terms, different ways. So all that to say, just utilizing some of the tools that are out there. Uh, to encourage you to encourage your children to to get into it. Um, I was also uh, Gordon Fee and Douglas Stewart wrote a book called uh, "Reading the Bible for All It's Worth." 
Um, I think that's a, I, I read that book again many years ago, but I think that's a, a book that you might consider picking up uh, if you're really interested in trying to maximize and really enliven your Bible reading. Uh, I think that's a pretty good, that's a pretty good book to read. So um, we can put a link to that uh, in the, in the notes as well, How to Read the Bible for All It's Worth by Gordon Fee and Douglas Stewart. I was just going to mention that as well. And again, I'll mention my wife has used um, the the reading the Bible in a year for shirkers and slackers, which is definitely what describes both of us. So um, that meant me and my wife, not you, John. Yeah, You're me clear. too. Me too. Uh, but, um, but anyway, like that's a pretty good guide too. There's a lot of guides out there. Um, can we say that maybe one of the things you might consider is like someone to hold you accountable about your Bible reading or someone to ask you about whether you've been in the word or not. Uh, that's probably going to be helpful. It's always easier. I mean, again, I keep comparing it to working out, but I feel like that's like a pretty solid, uh, analogy to make is like, it's a lot easier to work out or go running with someone than it is to run by yourself. You got someone to hold you accountable and make sure that you're, you know, showing up to your workouts or showing up for your runs. And the same could be true. Could you read the Bible? with your spouse or with a friend or with a brother or sister, um, you know, something to consider as well. Yeah. no, I think that's, that's a good idea for sure. I mean, reading it in community. Um, I know, you know, as we're continuing to think of, of tools, I think a, a Bible dictionary can be helpful. I mean, mm-hmm. I know that's not something everybody's going to have, but I mean, it is interesting and it is, I mean, very helpful to be able to, I mean, even looking up people's names and thinking, okay, who is this? And do they appear anywhere else in scripture? That can be a helpful thing. I mean, there are, you know, numerous commentaries out there that are very helpful. Um, I mean, somebody I always throw out is Dale Ralph Davis, his commentaries, are very readable, very, I mean, he's a scholar for sure, but communicates in a very readable way. And he does a lot of the, you know, Old Testament books that sometimes can be, be a challenge. So, you know, that, that can be helpful. And again, you know, I've had times in my life where I do Bible reading and it's just my devotion in the morning. I'll read the chapter and then I'll read his commentary after it. And, you know, probably that, that whole time is, I don't know, 15 to 30 minutes. And so that's not even that much time in the day that you, you know, have to, 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 you know, quote unquote sacrifice or a lot if you're going to try to, um, you know, do that. And so, um, I think sometimes people hear commentaries and they think, Oh, I'm no scholar. I don't want to do that. But that's, that's a helpful tool. I mean, the Bible project videos on YouTube. I mean, those are very helpful, even though I know some people have issues with images about Jesus and I want to be sensitive to that. And some of those videos uh, contain that. Um, so that's, uh, something to, to throw out there that could be helpful. I mean, also RYM produced Bible 101, uh, which is a 12 week study on, uh, just basic doctrine of scripture. Um, I, I've heard some families using that, uh, in family devotion, as well as youth workers using that in Sunday school, that could be helpful. And Bible 201 should be coming out this spring as well. Um, so those are some some tools. And, and again, th- those are free. You can download that for free. Go to rym.org. I think it's slash Bible studies or just slash resources, and you can find it in our Bible studies link. Um, anything else you want to mention? I was just going to say that one of the most important things that happens after you read the Bible is that you should talk about it with someone. And the only reason is, is because as with everything else, um, reading something, you can retain a lot of that. But once you have to relay it to someone else, not necessarily teach it, but like just talk about it with someone else, you find that you retain a lot more if you do that. So 
when you read the Bible, if you'll talk about it with someone else and say, oh, this is what I read today, you know, and this is what I took away from it, or this is, these are the questions that I had. You, lots of times that sticks, it sticks in your mind. But I think and that's why um, one of the things that God commands in uh, Deuteronomy is that, um, is that uh, we would talk about it along the way. That's one of the things that he mentions about his word is that we would talk about it when we're, you know, that we not only would we read it and see it all the time, but that we would teach it to our children that we talk about it because it helps us to retain it like that. So just that last thing about that. Yeah, that, that's good, Kurt. And I think, you know, what we already need to say, we, we need to have a future episode on prayer uh, because we know that uh, oftentimes, uh, I mean, prayer and scripture reading go hand in hand, that we really cannot separate the two, uh, that we need to be calling upon the Spirit as we pray. And so maybe some thoughts on that and even trying to model that to our, our children. Um, but I don't know, maybe not. Um, no, I, I completely agree. I, I was I actually thought for a second that we'd already done it, but I don't think we have. Um, I'm thinking I'm thinking about. Um, I think we did a we no we just we did do family worship and I just did a Sunday school series or the end of a series we talked about prayer for a few weeks so that's that's why I was fresh in my mind. Um, well, Kurt, okay, do we need to start wrapping this up? I, I don't think we need to start wrapping it up. I think we need to like you know be in the middle of wrapping it up right yeah. about now. Well, look, a few kind of cultural artifact things, and and again, these are all related to our discussion today. I know that. Um, on John Piper's podcast, Ask Pastor John. He's dealt with a lot of questions over the past few weeks of just reading the Bible, and I'm sure it goes right along with it being the new year. Um, one of the things he was asked was, um, specifically by a person, was, I only have an hour to read the Bible, or to read at all, every day. How much of that hour should be spent in the Bible? Um, that was a question he received, and uh, I mean, Go listen to that. It's a, I don't know, six-minute podcast, but uh, he said for sure not not all of the hour needs to be spent in the Bible um, because he says even the Bible tells you to go outside of the Bible and to glean knowledge from the world and from creation and things like that. So that's a um, podcast I'd encourage you to check out, and the link will be available uh, in our show notes. Um, also, Kurt, uh, let's see... Uh, a blog post or an article uh, put out, I think, through Ligonier entitled The State of Theology. Um, and it's if you just go to thestateoftheology.com, uh, you can check that out. But it is pretty sobering uh, to look at some of what Christians believe. Um, those mm. who call themselves evangelical Christians. I mean, this was statement number six on there. It says that Jesus Christ is the first and greatest being created by God. And in 2018, 78% of evangelical Christians agreed with that statement. And yeah. Is that a trick question, though? Because are they – I mean, I know that it's a heresy. I'm, I took church history, too. So I know that Jesus is not created. He's begotten of God. But sometimes, do they really believe that? Or did they see, like, Jesus first and greatest and be like, yes, click that, you know, without carefully reading it? And I think that goes – maybe that's – a topic that we should talk about in parenting today is how, yeah, and about how important theology is. But is that, I mean, like, that's how people read today is they skim, you know, the internet has taught us to skim. Mm -hmm. And I just wonder if like 70, I don't, I'd have trouble believing that 78% of Christians are, um, wait, would that be a Ar Arian? Is that the Arian heresy or, um, is it Arianism? Arianism. Um, yeah. I, yes, that he was. Yeah. 
I yeah. think that's right. So I, I have trouble believing that 78% of the Christians polled are actually, you know, if you were to actually like turn the screw on that, that they would like hold to it. But at the same time, it is concerning that they're not reading that very carefully um, or yeah. that anyone would, you know. So let's just it say, has a, let's give mm-hmm. give or take on that statistic. But still, you know, if it's in the 60s or 70s, 70%. It's still bad. It's bad it's, no matter it's what. horrible. Yeah, and it's heresy. And so just again, more reason why we should be reading the Bible and understanding orthodoxy. I mean, on this study again, statement number three says, God accepts the worship of all religions, including Christianity, Judaism, and Islam. Um, 2018, 51% of evangelical Christians agree with that statement. Wow. So half of all evangelical Christians think God accepts all religions. Um, so that's, that's concerning, but again, that's the state of theology.com. I would check that out. If you, and if you read your Bible, if you, if, if everyone was steeped in their Bible, they would know the correct answer to these questions, right, John? This ties perfectly into what you're talking about. Exactly. I mean, I mean, come on, like that's, I'm making faces, which is no good for um, a <laughs> podcast, but I mean, like, come on. There's, the, some, good, uh, there's some good faces too. Yeah. So, Kurt, do, do you have any uh, cultural artifacts to pass along? Um. Well, um, I don't know what we can mention and what we can't mention. See, I'm worried this is going to get edited out. Um, but uh. Okay, well, my my cultural artifact is something funny slash serious that happened. Okay, my cultural artifact is is that um, did you know that uh, the famous drug lord El Chapo is being tried right now? Were you aware of that that he's on trial? Um, well, um, he uh, you know this man is responsible for he rose to the head of like the Sinaloan cartel or something like that in Mexico and he's been extradited to the United States and he's being tried, um, for, uh, uh, all of his crimes, but he has most famously escaped from Mexican prison many times. The authorities have captured him and he's had, he's been able to pay off people on the inside and escape. And, uh, my cultural artifact is, is that when they begin to, <laughs> when they begin to try him, um, when they begin the trial, like just before the trial began, um, uh, the courtroom, all the lights went out. Like there was a power outage for just a second and then the lights came back on and nothing had happened. The lights had just flickered, but someone in the trial said, he, he's gone <laughs> and no one had moved. <laughs> no one had moved at all. And they said everyone in the courtroom, including El Chapo, laughed about that. Like everyone, the jury, everybody like, <laughs> laughed. <laughs> and like, even in, like, look, this guy is a criminal and he deserves all the justice that he's going to get. Like there's like, I'm not joking about him or about what he's done. He has murdered people and he has separated families and done terrible things. Um, but even in the darkest of times, I think um, I just found that to be whoever that guy was. I just like that guy, whoever screamed <laughs> out. And the fact that El Chapo laughed at it. You know? Everyone laughed. They said that every, even the judge, that everyone like that. They said everyone in the courtroom just like had a laugh. And then they like got back to the trial. Um, and, anyway, the redemptive power of humor, even in a dark situation. And am I mistaken to say that Sean Penn spent some time with El Chapo? The actor. Uh, well, here, here we go. Um, uh, yeah. Okay. 
again, we've talked about the Oscars before and why I don't like to hear actors and actresses preach about things. Sean Penn would be high on that list. Um, <laughs> I mean, El Chapo is, man, he is a dangerous individual and uh, he needs to be. Look, I haven't said I haven't heard all the evidence in the case, you know, so it would be. But from what I know of the case, they need to throw him under the jail. So um, there you go. <laughs> All right. Well, um, I guess that I don't know if you're going to have to cut that out or not, but (laughs) he's gone. (laughs) (laughs) Um, um, I think it's a, no, it's interesting to bring that up and we need to be aware of what's going on in the culture. I mean, again, you know, this is parenting today. This is the culture we're in. And so that's part of our, um, focus or goal uh, for this podcast is thinking about raising children in today's culture, 2019. So I think it's fine to bring that up. Um, Kurt, next week, like I said, we will most likely be talking with Joe Deegan about music. Um, he serves as RYM's music resources coordinator and just mm. released um, RYM Worship's first album entitled Promised Land. You can get that all those places, iTunes, Spotify, everywhere. Um, so be sure to, to check that out. And uh, we're going to be talking to him about music. Uh, we know that uh, this is yeah a topic a lot of parents are dealing with and discussing and uh, Joe has a lot of experience, uh, for sure, in the music circles. So, Kurt, do you want to take us out? Uh, yes. Well, thank you all for joining us, um, and uh, we will see you next week. See you, John. See you, Kurt. <laughs>